Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Kwame Mbalia. Uh, I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha um, Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Right. This is so fun. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, today, we have a debut author. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I am Candace Elo, um, born and raised or raised in the Midwest, um, but have come up, grown up a lot on the East Coast um, as a writer and educator. And my debut novel comes out in September, September 26th or 22nd, sorry, um, by the title Everybody Looking. And yeah. Wow. Wow. And I, I will ask you, and we talked about this briefly before I press record, um, just how are things going in regards to uh, the state of the world right now? And I know that's a little bit of a loaded question. Um, and um, can you just speak a little bit about what, what you're feeling, what you're um, what you've kind of been going through in the last, I guess, few months or so? Well, I, um, you know, I, I think that I am getting a pretty wild debut year, <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I absolutely was not expecting life to be like this at all. Um, and, uh, People may or may not know that just the publishing industry can be rather uncertain in general, just, you know, outside of pandemic, outside of, you know, the world being up in flames, there's just a lot of question marks when you're a new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, it's like a, a an elevated um, level of uncertainty and a lot of me having to lean on my community and lean on other authors and writers that I know who came before me to advise me on the best ways to navigate all this newness while um, dealing with the fact that the publishing industry is also adjusting to pandemic, quarantine, social distancing, and all of that stuff. And so for me, it's just, it's been, you know, a real pain in my. Um, ability to manage my anxiety mm -hmm. um, and it has been it has just taken a lot of effort to to remain motivated when um, I you know basically have been stripped of all the things that a debut author generally has access to like conferences festivals um, in-person mm -hmm. book signings readings and things like that that I was looking forward to um, it's, you know, it's kind of a buzzkill that I don't, I won't get to have those experiences and I'm having a different set of new experiences um, mm -hmm. via online programming. So it's just, it's just been a huge learning curve that though I have community to lean on, um, that community still has never experienced a debut year like mine. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's, it's like you're asking for advice, but they also, they also they have advice for you, but they also can't give you 
answers because of the, they haven't had this experience. I, yeah, I, they, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going through it too, but they're mm-hmm. like on, you know, book five, six mm-hmm. plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's a different experience you're having if you're um, a YA author who has a whole bunch of books already out because educators and booksellers, librarians, all of those people already know who you are. And Mm -hmm. I'm having to introduce myself via these virtual platforms where I may not, may or may not be able to see who I'm meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so hard to, for what it's worth, and this is my personal opinion, like there's nothing like an actual real face-to-face with a group of people. Um, You can be online as much as you want to. um, And I think it's great, but there is a big difference from being face-to-face in person with someone. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, I was an educator for 10 years and one of my favorite things about working with kids, high school kids in that capacity was just the face-to-face relationship and interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it is weird as a person who really does value that in-person connection with people and getting to see their reactions and have dialogue in real time. I really, I really, really do miss that. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine. And I think one of the things that I'm curious about, and this is kind of leading into why I do this podcast, you talked a lot about leaning into community um, and other authors. Um, Who are some of those authors that are helping you, if you don't mind sharing? So number one is my longtime friend and mentor, Jason Reynolds. Um, He has just, he's mainly operated the way he always has operated, which is just very transparently telling me how things work in the industry, um, where I can push back, where I can ask more questions. Um, things I need to make sure that I am always um, asking for, asking about, um, and just really uh, also being a really great model of what can happen um, if you work really, really, really hard at your craft. Um, And so he's just been a huge cornerstone in my trajectory as a writer. Um, We met back like maybe... 12 or 13 years ago and I back then I didn't even know for sure that I wanted to be a professional writer or an author I just it was something that I've always loved doing but I didn't know um, how far I could really take it Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really inspiring meeting someone who was sort of near my age a little bit older who who was getting his feet wet at the time and so I could literally watch from beginning to right now Mm -hmm. Um, what can happen with all of that grinding, all of that working, all of that studying. Um, And then lately, I've gotten a lot of support from other uh, YA authors who I'm newer to, but they've, you know, they've been around for a while, and they've, they've basically just extended their hand to me. Um, Mm -hmm. People like Nick Stone, um, Danielle Clayton, Um, these are people who have literally texted me emailed me, called me, and been like, whatever you want to know, whatever you have questions about, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here. Mm. And that has really, that's really been invaluable to me because Mm. uh, in in like my earlier years as a writer, it it has always felt like um, there's like, you know, a gate 
like gatekeepers, people who, you know, you see them being successful and it doesn't look like they're interested in bringing other people with them. And it's just been really, really, really refreshing that I'm not experiencing that. Like I'm experiencing a lot of openness, um, lots of just open book support where people realize, particularly other Black authors, realize that we all can be successful, we're all mm. in this together, and that all of our success has happened because we are willing to reach back and you know, bring, bring, bring our people with us. Mm. That's amazing. And what, what great company to, to be in and to, to listen to advice, because like the people that you named, like you said, have been in this publishing world for so long. Um, so they are definitely, um, people that I believe also could could help help you with that. Candice, can we go, we're going to go back a little bit because this is what I'm most curious about. Like, what did, what did little Candice look like when she was growing up? Like, what did little elementary Candice enjoy oh doing? Gosh. What were some of those experiences? <laughs> oh, wow. You know, it's really, you know, nobody's asked me that in a while and it's really uh, hard to remember at times. Mm -hmm. There's like a chunk of my childhood that I cannot remember at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that um, dance was my like first love all the way starting when I, and, uh, I guess when I was around four years old, my dad put me in my first West African dance class. Um, so from an early age, I was always dancing, um, like other kids <laughs> that I knew in my neighborhood, uh, like elementary age being when I lived in, uh, the North side of Chicago, mm -hmm. played outside a lot, um, got into lots of little bike accidents and things like that, <laughs> got in trouble a lot with the kids in the neighborhood, um, all kinds of stuff that I used to get into. Um, but the, the, the through line I'm remembering is that I was a dancer. Um, I was a lot more quote unquote girly when I was younger. Um, like if anybody would look at any of my old family pictures, I had a head full of beads, colorful <laughs> beads, matching short sets, you know, patent leather purses, uh -huh. um, all that, all that like stuff that mm -hmm. um that you you might expect a little black girl to be into i was into and um i'm starkly different from uh the child i was back then which is probably why like my dad's confused mm -hmm. off, oftentimes mm -hmm. uh when he sees me now out in the world but i i always was a very curious kid and i think that my dad can also attest to the fact that yeah, like I asked a lot of questions from an early age. I always wanted to know a lot about mm -hmm. why things were the way they were. Um, oftentimes the stuff that like adults keep from kids, you know, I, I noticed those things and I wanted to know more about that. And depending on the day, you know, my dad might tell me or answer whatever question I have. And then there were other times that, yeah, I was raised to uh not necessarily be the way that i was i was i was not necessarily raised to poke and prod and, and i think that that curiosity is is a big part of why i became a writer did dance run in your family was that something that was passed on like what how did that happen 
No, it wasn't. I don't, um, mm. I don't really have any other dancers in my family, but uh, my, my dad's a Nigerian immigrant and I was born here in the U.S. And I think that he put me into a West African dance class like a lot of other parents, African parents might um, for their children in the U.S. to make mm -hmm. sure that I had that foundation um, and knowing where I came from, knowing more of the traditions and the culture that I, that, you know, my dad was raised in. I think that African dance is a really great way um, to introduce your um, Nigerian American child to their culture in a way that could be fun for them and also mm. just based around art. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if my dad knew that I would take it as far as I have or that it would become so important to me in my journey, but um, I'm pretty sure he put me in that class because it was like, it was a way for me to feel some pride about being mm. African. I love that. I love that. And I love that you are able to see that, yeah, you carried that on and now you use it within like it's your form of like sharing who you are and what you're about and through your your artistry and the work that you do, which is amazing. Yeah, Candice, what, what did your, like, let's say, we're going to fast track a little bit and what did let's say like your high school experience look like in regards to classrooms in regards to friendships and maybe even like your household during that time Wow. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's really go. Let's go there. Um, so I, so readers, first of all, I want to say readers are really about to know what my high school experience was like when they read everybody looking. Mm. So because sorry, I put I'm a lot of that. Hmm? I don't want you to spoil anything. So don't, I'm not going you... to, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. I have worked really hard on not spoiling it for people. But I will say that, uh, yeah, the, the, you will learn that from the book that I was very much so a loner. Uh, I was very awkward. Um, like from what I can remember of my high school experience, I didn't really have a group of kids like a lot of people might have had, like, you know, the athletes, the cheerleaders, mm -hmm. the the um the goth kids the mm -hmm. math kids the debate team all that stuff i never really had that um i was very much so in my own kind of world where i floated and kind of had acquaintances in all those different groups and sometime maybe freshman sophomore year of high school i got heavily involved in the church and the church community became my group um, I was uh, raised in a Pentecostal church, and in my high school years, we became pretty devout. And so I, um, I got involved with like liturgical dance and like praise team dance and like youth dance squad and stuff like that in um, high school, where the people that I went to church with and that I would see, you know 
one to three times a week at church became my friends and my community. And from my memory, I still also, uh, even with all of that community and having those people around, I still stuck out like a sore thumb. I still could feel my difference. I still was oftentimes um, pointed to when they were talking about like real Africanness, quote unquote. I remember specific times where they were bringing up African culture and they'd be like Candace African, like oh, that no. kind of African, right? Um, and so I, I had that community, but I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was different for, in, in many ways. I was different when it comes to my culture. I was different in the way that I was raised and how serious my dad was in comparison to a lot of parents. Um, I, I knew from an early age, like I sounded different than the other kids. Like I've been, you know, I've been told my whole life that I speak proper or I talk white or, um, you know, questioning why my voice is so deep or why it's not super emotional. And so I, my high school experience was one where I was surrounded by a lot of people, but I felt alone oftentimes, no matter wow how much I was involved in. And it took me going away to college for me to figure out like who I really was outside of all of that. Wow. And yeah, like my, I think my household during high school times was just fraught with uh, me being heavily involved with the church and um yeah, just, I, I, it's like hard for me to think about the, the in-home stuff because I think in high school, I was a lot more obedient and a lot more in alignment with how I was raised. And it was when I left high school that things began to change. Wow. Wow. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to put all the pieces together. And I think one thing that I continue to hear throughout every story or everything you talk about is like how dance continued to be I don't know if it was an outlet for you, um, uh, but it felt like, and it seems like it was such a, your dad put you in dance and then it continued to be that thing for you that kind of kept things together. Um, mm -hmm. Is dance still a part of your life? Is this still something that you look to to help you um, either express yourself um, or to share? Is it still something that you go to? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a complicated thing now because like a lot of dancers right now in quarantine, uh, I have no dance studio to go train in. Mm -hmm. And up until probably February, I was still commuting back and forth between New York City and Philly and taking dance classes in New York. Wow. And it was like my practice, the way a lot of people practice yoga or practice meditation daily uh, dance was a part of my practice and I still move a little bit around my house and my apartment um, but there's no place to go dance right now mm -hmm. and the only space that I have to do that is in my apartment and, and it's kind of you know honestly it's kind of depressing to mm -hmm. only have that space to practice in um, but uh, you know, I wrote this book because of how much I love movement and what it's done for me. And over the course of years, over over the course of the years, it the meaning behind 
what dance gives me has changed. I know when my dad put me into those classes, uh, the original intent was likely to educate me and, and, you know, remind me where I'm from. And then in high school, when I was dancing in church, I think it gave me, you know, as a, as a teenage Christian, it gave me a way that I could relate to, to express my love and my relationship for um, God. And I mean, what I would call now the universe. Mm -hmm. And um, it also gave me, honestly, it gave me, it gave me a place to shine. Like high schoolers are going through so much mm -hmm. in their teenage years and being seen and being recognized for what you're good at is really important. Mm -hmm. And I discovered at an early age that dancing is something that came natural to me. And so it wasn't just like, oh, you know, um, I love, I love doing this, this, uh, this, you know, these, being a part of this dance group because it's a part of, you know, my religious practice. It was even above and beyond that, I was getting recognized and uh, praised for my ability to dance back then when I was dancing in church. And that was important for me. And then now as a, as an adult, dance is just, it's like one of the ways that I can still feel myself here. Like I can, I can still feel my body functioning the way that it should. I can, I can still observe how I can make my body do the things that I want it to. Mm -hmm. um, and it can, it's just, it's just a really grounding thing to have in my arsenal. I love that. I love hearing that. And I think it's such a, I've only heard blurbs and I've listened to you talk about your book a number of times. Um, and I'm just really excited um, that kids are now going to have an opportunity to to not just only listen to your story, but like really dive deep into who you were as a person. Because just listening to you, there's so many kids. As an educator myself, I know so many kids that this book would resonate with um, simply on dance, on being left out of things, not having a specific group. like. Of, I have so many kids in mind already where this book would 100% help them. Um, Candice, just I before you, no, I, I, I <laughs> honestly like think it's, it's, it's definitely going to be, it'll be a game changer. I really, really think that. Um, and having people had, listening to people who have already read it, um, talk about you as a person. I think like that package in itself is going to, going to be so great for kids to hear and see um, i'm excited for you i'm really really excited for you um thank you I'm, I'm wondering if we just before you go like where can people can we pre-order um where can people find you online i, I can i know where you are online i don't know if everyone else knows <laughs> um but maybe you can share like your website um and where could where can we pre-order this book Okay, so you can reach me all on the, the same handle on Twitter, Instagram, and my website. Um, so Twitter and Instagram, same handle is become her with no E in the center. So B-E-C-O-M-H-E-R. And then my website is the exact same word. Awesome. And you can... Um, pre-ordering pre my book is pretty easy right now. It's been um, available for pre-order since March. 
and you could go the route that I go with other books is just by Googling because um, there are several outlets where mm -hmm. you can pre-order now. I know that you can find it on Barnes and Noble. Um, you can find it on at like Target's website. You can find it through IndieBound, which I highly recommend because that'll allow you to order through your local bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want people to support their local bookstores if at all possible. Of course. Um, and then you can also directly purchase it off of the Penguin Random House website. So those are three really good options um, that I that I would suggest. Amazing. And Candice, what's next for you? I know that, again, earlier we talked about just like the situation of how you're not able to actually be in libraries, be in front of kids. Um, do you have anything online that's coming up? Um, any other talks coming up? Um, I'm in my heart, I'm hoping that you get a break. <laughs> But I, I again can only imagine the, the, um, the ideas, um, the thoughts that come to mind, knowing that you're a debut author coming out. Um, but yeah, is there anything coming up where people can listen to you or see you? Yeah. So next week, um, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if this this uh, this recording will be up uh by that time but it will i'm gonna week... put it out tomorrow just for you oh yay <laughs> okay <laughs> um next week wednesday august 5th i am participating in the s slj teen live conference um and i am going to be on a ya panel um a ya panel from 11 a.m to 12 noon eastern time mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about that because I really, I, in particular, I've been enjoying these panels with other YA authors because it's an opportunity for me to meet them. Awesome. Um, and then, you know, I have a number of other things that I'm trying to work out right now, um, projects that I am working, um, working on to connect with more educators and librarians via virtual platforms and things that are being developed in the mm -hmm. interim of all this stuff that we're going through. Um, but a lot of things are kind of just in motion right now. And so I think the best bet for anybody is to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, my website, because I keep those things updated, but a lot of things are kind of up in the air right now. But that conference next week, Wednesday, August 5th, 11 a.m. to noon, um, SLJ Teen Live Conference that is locked in. Um, it's open to anybody who wants to register. I know that it's geared toward librarians and educators, but literally anybody can get on and participate. And so I would encourage everybody to do that. That's awesome. And I think you're right. Like, I think I've been on, like, as an educator, I feel very lucky to be able to go to all of these conferences and like actually be able to take stuff to my classroom but even if I wasn't I 100% agree with you like there's so many valuable conversations happening through just authors and educators themselves about just like the world that anyone can go into those conversations and really pull something back and and learn just really learn from like really rigorous conversations from people that have been doing the work for such a long time um, Candice, I appreciate you so much. I really, really do. Um, thank you for being vulnerable, sharing your story with me. Um, I am, again, very, very excited for you. Very, very excited.